Welcome to Harbor for the Arts podcast, where the performing and creative arts meets lifestyle. The mission of this podcast is to enhance, inspire, educate, and entertain all listeners about the performing arts and creative arts, including opera. I'm your host, Opera Singer Brie Cooper. I am an actress, author, podcast host, playwright, producer, and more. And did I also mention that I work full-time for a very prominent arts organization in the heart of Washington, D.C., where we present the best of the best international artists on stages throughout the Washington, D.C. area, as well as a variety of different genres of music. I'm happy that you're joining me today. This is Podness Episode 10. Today, we are talking about the symbols of Kwanzaa, and the third principle of Kwanzaa, which is Ujima. There are a variety of different symbols in Kwanzaa. If you're not familiar with them, that's okay, because I honestly was not familiar with a lot of the technical terms of each of the symbols, but I'm going to share them with you, and they are all in Swahili. So let's just dive right in. The first symbol of Kwanzaa, one of the first symbols of Kwanzaa, the mazal, the crops, fruits, and vegetables that represent the traditional African harvest celebrations and show respect for the people who labored to grow them. So if you go to a Kwanzaa celebration, usually you will see in a bowl the mazal, the reward of productive and collective labor. The next is the mkeka, and the mkeka is the mat. It's usually made of straw, but it can be made of fabric or paper. It's where all of the other Kwanzaa symbols are placed. The mat represents the foundation for African traditions and history. And of course, we have the kanara as uh, seven symbols that are displayed during Kwanzaa ceremony. The seven symbols represent the seven principles of African culture and community. So we have the Kanara. The Kanara is the candle holder. It represents the original stock from which all African ancestors came from. It holds seven candles. Next is the Muhindi, and that's the corn. It represents African children and the promise of their future. One ear of corn is set out for each child in the family. In a family without children, one ear of corn, of course, is set out symbolically to represent the children of the community, which is really beautiful. Next, we have the, the Kikombe Cha Umoja. That is the unity cup. The cup is used to pour the water, wine, or juice for family or friends. The last symbol which is the sawadi. And the sawadi are the gifts that represent the labors of the parents and the rewards of their children. And the gifts are given to educate and enrich the children. They may include a book, a piece of art, or educational toy. At least one of the gifts is a symbol of African heritage. So as I mentioned earlier, today we're diving into the principle of Ujima, a cornerstone Kwanzaa that, that resonates deeply within the music community. And Ujima 
which means collective work and responsibility, encourages us to build and maintain our community together, recognizing that our strength lies in unit, unity and collaboration. At its core, Ujima emphasizes the importance of collective effort and shared responsibility. It also challenges us to actively contribute to the well-being of our community. And I think as musical artists, we definitely have done that. And especially over or during the pandemic, where so many of us were out of work, we lost our livelihoods, but yet we were still using our gifts to contribute to the well-being of of our communities and fostering a sense of solidarity and mutual support. In the context of Kwanzaa, Ujima inspires us to uplift one another and celebrate our achievements and address challenges collaboratively. And I think just because we are performing artists, we are already in tune with that. We celebrate our achievements, we want to uplift each other, and we also have to come face-to-face -face with challenges and try to work through them collaboratively, because as a performing artist, in, case, in my case, an opera singer, I am continuously on a stage or auditioning or doing a master class or especially in my voice lessons or coachings where... You have to address challenges, but we are doing that in a, in a very collaborative effort, a, a collaborative way to make, make everyone better. And of course, we all know that, you know, you may have an audition that didn't go so great, but maybe you hear from another performing friend or a creative artist or maybe a family member where they uplift you you know, after not so great audition or something. In our daily lives as musicians and creative artists and opera singers, well, opera singers are musicians. I hate when people say that. In our daily lives as musicians and creative artists, we can embody the essence of Ujima by actively participating in collaborative product, projects, mentorship programs, and community outreach initiatives. Embracing a mindset of collective growth and mutual respect, it enables musicians to build stronger networks, uplift emerging artists, and contribute to the overall advancement of our, our industry and our profession. When we recognize the interconnectedness of our success with that of our peers and the broader community, we can actually leverage our talent and influence to create a, a, a really cohesive, resilient, and thriving musical, this ecosystem, as I refer to it, that celebrates diversity and fosters inclusivity and champions collective well-being. I think that's really really important. And as we talk about Ujima, how is it that you can practice that? Or how have you been practicing Ujima 
in your lives as a musician or creative artist or, you know, just in your daily life, whatever it is that you do, if you're listening to this and you're, maybe you're not an, an artist or maybe you're not in a creative space, in a music space, but maybe you just enjoy the podcast and you do something to completely different. How can you incorporate this principle, Ujim, during Kwanzaa into your daily life? And the one thing I, one of the things that I really love about studying other cultures and their traditions is that I also bring some of the, some of the information that I learn, I like to incorporate into my life. I hope you really have a deeper understanding of Ujima and also the symbols of Kwanzaa. And I have a very fun extra little and just an extra special uh, recipe for you today. This is for Kwanzaa celebration. This recipe is from the National Museum of African American History and Culture. This recipe was shared by Chef Jessica Harris from her book, A Kwanzaa Keepsake, Celebrating the Holiday with New Traditions and Feasts. If you look at my previous episode, I want to say episode eight, there is a list of books that you can click through and you can actually purchase some of the items to help you bring in maybe Kwanzaa next year or whenever you feel appropriate. So this is Caribbean Sorrel. If you are familiar with any of the drinks in the Caribbean, you, the, the name will be familiar to you. However, she shares her recipe. In the book, she says it wouldn't be Christmas in the Caribbean without the signature beverage known as sorrel. Prepared from the pods of a red flowering plant from the hibiscus family, sorrel is also drunk in West Africa. Senegalese folks savor it as well without the additional spices and call it bisap rouge. When purchasing sorrel, you're looking for dried reddish-brown pods. You can find it in health food stores and in Caribbean markets year-round. You can drink yours plain or spirited as well. In the Caribbean, adults drink their holiday sorrel mixed with liberal doses of local rum. The recipe, three heaping cups of dried sorrel pods, three whole cloves, one tablespoon grated orange zest, one cinnamon stick, half a teaspoon of freshly grated nutmeg, one and a half tablespoons of grated fresh ginger, one quart of boiling water, one cup of sugar to taste, several grains of uncooked white rice. The instructions are as follows. Place the sorrel pods, cloves, orange zest, cinnamon, nutmeg, and ginger in a large crock or heavy bowl. Pour the boiling water over them and allow the mixture to steep for 24 hours. When ready, strain the sorrel and add sugar, stirring really well. Pour the sorrel into a scalded quart jar that can be loosely capped and the rice. And according to her, there are a lot of theories about what the rice does, but they all agree the best reason to add it is that it's traditional. Allow the jar to remain in a cool, dark place for two days or longer. 
then serve. This sorrel is strong and should be served diluted. Half sorrel, half water. Whether or not you choose to add rum is strictly up to you. So this will make one quart. I hope you enjoyed this recipe and I hope you have a deeper appreciation celebrating African heritage and values. Whether you're observing Kwanzaa or learning about it for the first time, I hope we can continue to embrace the spirit of unity and creativity and faith in our lives and communities. Thank you for joining me today. And until next time, stay inspired and stay connected.